Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike, episode number 100. That's a pretty good milestone, but it is still early in the days of this program. I look forward to many years to come. So I'm not going to get too excited about episode 100. It's a it's a fine, fun, round number, but it still is early in this game. You and I, I hope, uh, are going to be chatting back and forth this time of day, each day, uh, for years and years to come. I'm grateful to you for tuning in. I'm going to talk to you right now about the thoughts expressed by one of Utah's representatives. Uh, I'd like to consider him a friend of mine, uh, Utah Representative Paul Ray. Uh, he, uh, last night, got on Facebook pretty late and wrote a a long, long essay. Uh, And it went on uh, for a while. It talks about his background. It talks about some of the facts and figures that he has been able to receive uh, from the Utah Department of Health, among other organizations. And he gathered all this data and all this information from his capacity, as I said, as a representative of the state of Utah in the House of Representatives, as well as his position on the COVID-19 Community Task Force. Uh, as well, uh, he for a time uh, sir, has served as the Health and Human Services uh, Chairman. These are all uh, positions from which he is able to uh, cultivate and grow and have strong relationships with those in the know. And he, uh, last night, uh, took to Facebook and shared uh, what his views are on all of this coronavirus stuff, specifically in the measures that have been taken by the various departments of health and by the governor's office and by mayors around the, around the state. And uh, he summed up his attitude this way. In the first sentence of his posting on Facebook, he writes, government needs to admit that it overreacted and completely reopen Utah. Government needs to admit that it overreacted and completely reopen Utah. Now, when I read this, I thought, shoot, I need to get him on the radio. We need to have a conversation about this. And, well, uh, Dave and Debbie beat me to it. And so what I want to do now is play for you some of the comments made by Representative Paul Ray as he went back and forth with KSL News Radio's uh, Dave and Debbie on their program earlier this morning. So I, I let you know the, the, the gist of the post that he shared uh, just last night. Uh, again, he said it's time to stop closing businesses and putting undue regulations and restrictions on our citizens. He says he's furious. Well, on the radio this morning, he was asked by uh, Dave Noriega. He said, uh, what was the tipping point? Uh, what was it that led you to post uh, these thoughts uh, on Facebook last night and make your thoughts, uh, these uh, pretty jarring thoughts? Uh, certainly, it's, uh, it's uh, rare to see someone in this position speaking this strongly on this issue and in such uh, opposition, essentially, to the way uh, things have been going. So here again, uh, Dave Noriega asks Representative Paul Ray about his tipping point. You know, really, as, as, as I sit back and, and you know, as, as a representative, we're on the front lines, we're getting calls. You know, we're dealing with people on the streets, constituents who are dying on the vine right now. You know, there are businesses that will not reopen because of what happened. Um, you know, people can't make rent. Um, putting food on the table right now is really hard for a lot of people. And it comes to the point that we've, we've got data now. And what we, we need to go is, is it's okay to sometimes say, you know what, okay, what we did – 
probably wasn't the best thing. It was time to reverse course a little bit and go a different direction. Well, and, you know, the key is I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here. I'm just saying, okay, we've got data. The, the CDC has already said 70% of people are going to get this by the end anyway. We're looking at another big wave supposedly coming in the fall, which I don't doubt. Let's get things open. Let's reverse how we're doing this. Let's take care. Debbie then went on to ask, what gives the legislature the right to take this out of the hands of health departments? That's the way she phrased it, uh, essentially saying, uh, sir, you know, maybe stay in your lane, uh, was uh, the, you know, the thought contained in the question, and the representative answered this way. Well, that, that's the thing is we gave them the power originally to do this. And in giving them the power, we were told that, hey, this is, if you're sick, we need to have the right to quarantine somebody. And we agreed with them. Absolutely, you're right, you do. And the question came up in several conversations that I had with them during some of these hearings in 09. You know, after the hearings, grabbing the hallway and, and you know, hey, are, are you trying to, no, 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 we, we would not affect healthy people. I'm not taking, I'm not saying they can't make those recommendations, but what I'm saying right now, one person has the ability to shut down a county. And shouldn't it be a little bit more deliberative? Shouldn't there be more than one person involved in that decision? Should it go to the local, you know, the county, the, the county commission or the city councils or people that are directly involved? One thing that we find in legislation is the more voices involved, the better the outcome of the legislation is. There was some nuance there in the way he responded. I want to give you a little bit of context. Uh, he, he, he mentioned 09. That was when the Utah legislature and those in, in positions like his were dealing with the swine flu epidemic. And there was there were conversations then with various health departments uh, up, up to and including the state level where the question was asked by Paul Ray in that setting. Now, you are you, you are not proposing that uh, we quarantine healthy people, correct? The order to quarantine would be reserved only uh, to those who would be in fact. And, and he was assured that, no, 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 that's uh, you're right. Uh, we will not be quarantining. Uh, healthy people, and it is the uh, the observation of Representative Ray now that we may be in the business of quarantining those that are healthy, uh, going against the promises that he was given uh, back in '09 during the swine flu. Anyway, the conversation continued between Representative Ray, Dave, and Debbie. Dave asked, "We're seeing numbers like 70,000 deaths. Is that really overblown or not? And uh, are we seeing uh, are we seeing uh, such large numbers?" Representative Ray responded this way. So it is a large number, but you also have to understand that some of those deaths were a lot of those deaths. There are, there are underlying conditions that had it been anything else, it would have caused the death also. And we're so hyper focused on COVID nineteen. For instance, I have a very good friend, a business owner, whose son has a really bad heart. He was put in intensive care. They didn't think he was going to make it. He was tested twice for COVID, uh, came up negative both times. And the, this this gentleman called me and said, you know, my concern is is if he dies, are they going to put it as a COVID death? Even if he did get COVID, the fact is he was dying anyway, but he would have been listed as a COVID-19 death. So we really have to kind of step back. And we're not going to know, know those numbers for a long time. You know, the CDC, you know, there, there's this thing on Facebook where the CDC keeps changing their numbers, which is not correct. You know, they lag about eight weeks they're still trying to figure out the total flu numbers for the 2018. Debbie went on to ask one final question of the representative, and it was this, very simply, isn't the governor's directive to stay safe and stay home helping? No, absolutely. There, there, There is a lot to that. But at the same time, I think it comes down to individually, do we take the hit now? Do we you know, spread it out a little bit, or do we keep trying to quash it until it eventually is going to? This, we can't sustain staying home for six months or nine months. It is not going to work. So there has to be a point that we say, okay, 
let's reverse what we're doing a little bit. Let's keep the compromised individuals at home, those populations. But let's get the healthy people back out. Let's go to green and let people make their choices whether they want to go out or not. So that uh, wraps up the conversation between Representative Ray and Dave and Debbie this morning on the program. I, I bring that to you this morning or this afternoon, rather, not because I have any position to take myself, but rather because I think it's important that we do look critically at all the information that is being shared with us and make decisions about how much trust we're putting in those who are heading up these task force, who are heading up various departments, and those whose uh, decisions are having such uh, intense impact on our lives and livelihoods. It is very good to think critically. Now, I don't have any grand conclusions for you, and I apologize for that. I wish I was smart enough to know exactly uh, what was going on here and how best you and I ought to be reacting. I bring this up and I share that conversation uh, because critical thinking is important. It is important that you and I uh, have confidence in the information uh, which we are heeding, and it is important that you and I know exactly why uh, we follow the, the instructions that we're given. And if we disagree with them, uh, that's okay. Uh, but you know, we ought to have at least some exposure to all the <laughs> all the views that are out there. And so I am uh, grateful to Representative Ray. I'm grateful to David Debbie, of course, for lining that up and having that great conversation. We're going to take a, a quick break right now. When we return, we're going to continue our series looking at the candidates who would like to represent you in Congress, specifically in Utah's 1st Congressional District. We've spoke with candidate Gibson already. Today, uh, just after the break, we'll be speaking with Blake Moore. He would like your vote. He would like to represent you in Congress in Utah's 1st Congressional District. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.